Hi everyone, this is Anna, and you're listening to my podcast on Heaven and Hell. Welcome back to the Summer Reading Plan. We are trucking, or should I say biking, right along through Romans... Sorry, that was a reference, and that was a horrible joke, a reference to what I said yesterday. Um, But right along through Romans, and today we are officially more than halfway through. There are 16 chapters, and today we're finishing chapter 9, which means that we're past the halfway mark. Um, Chapters 1 through 8 were jam-packed, to say the least, and they were life-changing. And you might even say that Paul could have stopped at chapter 8, kind of ended on a high note, if you will, but he didn't. (laughs) And you have to remember that Paul didn't think he would make it to Rome. He was writing this letter like a tell-all. He was going to make sure that a complete message of the gospel reached the Roman church and that it would be a message that would cover all the bases and answer all the questions. And yesterday we started Um, This new section that is going to answer a really big question for Jewish Christians and for us Gentile Christians, too. I think some of us might also have this question. Do you remember, um, do you guys remember when you were in elementary school and the teacher, maybe they would write it on the board, the essential question for the unit? I actually do remember that, but it's probably a lot more fresh on my memory because um, I teach elementary school as well. Um, But the essential question, so like in every curriculum, there's different units of study and um, each unit will be over something different, of course. But um, so like, for instance, one unit that I taught when I taught third grade was about Native Americans. And so there will be an essential question. It's a question that you're trying to answer throughout this whole unit of study. Um, So like in our Native American unit, the essential question was, what was unique about each of the various Native American tribes? But then like each lesson or like every few lessons, there would be um, an essential question that supported the bigger essential question. Sorry, I'm nerding out on essential questions right now. So like lesson one through five of our Native American unit had the question, um, how did Native Americans find food? And then that helped to answer the bigger question of what was unique about each tribe. Um, So why am I telling you all of this? It's because chapters 9 through 11 of Romans have their own essential question. We could say that like an overarching essential question for the book of Romans would be, sorry, I'm just like spitballing this. I didn't write it down. Maybe like what is, how, how do we know that Jesus came for both the Jews and the Gentiles. Um, So, but the essential question for just chapters 9 through 11 would be um, if Jesus really really was the Messiah that was promised in the Old Testament, in the prophetic writings of Jewish scripture, then why did they reject him? And if we can figure out why they rejected him or, or how this, how their history fits in, then we can understand how Jesus came for both the Jews and the Gentiles. So in 9.8, we quoted this verse yesterday that Paul makes this statement that might have upset some of his readers. I guess could still upset some readers, but um, especially the Jewish Christians in the Roman church. 
He says, this means that it's not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise who are counted as offspring. And he's talking about the children of Abraham. And he's basically saying that just because his readers might have been ethnic members of Israel uh, doesn't mean that they are covenant members of God's family. Remember, Abraham had Isaac and Ishmael. Both were children of his flesh, you know, but Ishmael wasn't part of the covenant and Isaac was. He was the child of the promise. So, um, let's see. In other words... God always had a plan to save every nation. Remember Romans 4 in the reference to God's covenant with Abraham through your seed, which was Isaac. All nations, which is everyone, will be blessed. All nations. So this is a part of the overarching theme of Romans that Jesus came for both Jews and Gentiles. See, all of scripture supports this. In chapter 9, Paul is not done using the Jews' own scripture, um, our Old Testament, to prove his point. He uses Jacob and Esau as an example. He references Moses and Pharaoh. We talked a lot about that yesterday. And then he quotes Hosea in verse 25. He says, um, those who were not my people, that's the Gentiles, I will call my people. And he quotes um Isaiah in verse 29. And so what he's doing here is he's presenting this argument to the Jewish Christians like Jesus really did come from the come for the Gentiles. And in case you missed it, he said it a bunch of times in the Old Testament and the scripture that you've been reading your entire lives. Um, but I want us to look specifically at verses 30 through 33 today um, because Paul just lays it out straight. It's very straightforward. So let me read this, Romans 9, chapter, chapter 9, duh, verses 30 through 33. It says, What shall we say then, that Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it? That is, a righteousness that is by faith. But that Israel, her, who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness, did not succeed in reaching that law? Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith but as it were based on works. So Paul has said this before, and he's reiterating using their own scripture that um, the reason Gentile Christians are able to achieve righteousness without the law is because they are pursuing it by faith. And that's not any different for Jewish Christians. They can receive Righteousness and many of the forefathers too, like Abraham. Abraham was counted as righteous before the law was even given because he pursued it by faith. And so that's why he's saying there are going to be Jewish Christians who are going to miss out on righteousness because they miss out on faith, even though they kept the law. And there are Jewish Christians who kept the law and they will achieve righteousness, but not because of the law. It's because of their faith. Um, Let's see the last part of verse 32. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone as it is written. So again, using their scriptures, the Old Testament. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So way back in the Old Testament, it was a prophetic word about Jesus. Um, because there are two important truths right here. That righteousness must be pursued by faith. We just talked about that. But faith in who? 
faith in Jesus. Jesus was the stumbling stone to the Jewish people because he messed up their plan to receive righteousness by the law in their own way. But I love that last line. Whoever believes in him, Jesus, will not be put to shame. And that's good news for all of us. <laughs> 